Hello and welcome to the Win Win Effect podcast with your host, Chris Ross. This is the show for anyone that wants to drive productivity and maximize potential in any industry. Let's take a moment. Have you ever wondered about the psychology behind the persuasive marketing driving you to take action, sometimes on products you never thought people would buy? Well, that's just what makes this podcast stand out from the others. On these episodes, Chris will break down proven strategies that his companies use to respectably enroll prospective students into the correct programs to achieve overall business success and fulfillment in life. You will get a rare centralized look into both sides of the buyer-seller relationships that I'm sure anyone tuning in will receive massive value from to implement instantly. There are huge quantities of informational material from companies just trying to sell products, but not many giving you the right information on how to build companies from solid foundations, focusing on customers actually winning as the outcome. The Win-Win Effect podcast is a character-based code for human interaction and collaboration in business. Time is the only non-renewable resource in life. So with this podcast, the outcome is designed to bring you value, to make it worth your time. Happy Money Monday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Win Win Effect podcast. This is Chris Ross. Imagine for a moment that you've come down with the flu. You feel terrible. You go to your doctor to find some relief. What would you think if you got to your doctor's office, spoke with your doctor, and they gave you a diagnosis without asking any questions? To make the situation even worse, the doctor said, listen, here's a prescription. Take this for about a week. You'll feel fine. I promise. How confident would you feel about your doctor's diagnosis? Not too confident, would you? Well, that's just how the buyer feels when the salesperson doesn't ask enough open-ended or diagnostic questions to get to the core and root of the prospective buyer's problem. For today's episode, I invited Wes Bays back on to join me to discuss how to ask the right question to get to the core and root of your buyer's problems. Before kicking it up a couple notches and diving in, take the time and click on the link in the description box. You will find more information about our show, how to connect with myself and my team, a feedback form for you to share some of your takeaways on what you're learning with our episodes, and any kind of offers that we do bring up in our show. And just to let you know, anything we do offer will be completely free. It's our way of showing our appreciation to all of our listeners out there. All right, is everyone ready? Let's dive right in. Asking incisive sales questions is essential for sales success. But Wes, some of the best salespeople that I've been around over the years don't just ask questions. They ask the right questions to get the response they're looking for. Brings me to what I would like to talk about today is some of the best practices in asking questions in sales and why asking a good question in sales is so important. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of people, they, they think about how many questions can I ask or it's like in terms of quantity when really it's it's in terms of quality. Right. And so I would... I say this to every salesperson I come across, I'd rather you ask one great question on that entire call than ask 10 irrelevant questions that are only getting to the surface level. 
So, um, you know, really my stance on it is focus on the quality and understand the outcome that you're trying to reach with those questions. And then then start to think about what questions come after that question to link that link together to get to the outcome. I hope that makes sense. It does make sense. I mean, you're talking about the overall outcome in general. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's you should have an overall outcome with every question, right? So if I need to get you to get to a certain decision, certain commitment, certain thought, certain feeling, what questions can I align together in order for me to be able to get there? And and this is where you got to practice it. So if you ask a question, what potential responses are you going to get? What questions can you ask on top of that then to get, dig in a little bit deeper and then a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper until we get to that ideal outcome that you're looking for? Or if it doesn't lead to that outcome, then then what do you, where are you going to pivot from there right so you got to have to, you got to look at it as like one big link tree and you're just linking everything together through your questioning prescription before diagnosis is malpractice a lot of people don't really think about that in the bigger picture one of my first sales mentors and I think we were just talking about him before we started recording this and he would listen to my calls live but they couldn't hear him but every time that I didn't ask the what would why how question he would kick the back of my chair. I know that's probably awful, but he would. He would kick the back of my chair. But the same goes for selling too. I mean, I know that prescription before diagnosis is malpractice and that goes back into the medical, but giving the right type of recommendation, you're talking about an outcome, but the same goes for selling. If you're looking for an outcome for them to not just to buy your product or service or good, you're trying to find the right buyer and qualifying the right buyer so you're not wasting time. But the outcome that you're really looking for with every question is different. So the questions you ask help uncover buyers' needs and desires and connect with them and demonstrate your expertise. But by asking questions, you can discover the buyer's buying process. Talk to me a little bit about that buying process, Wes. What do you usually do? Yeah. So when I think of buying process, I mean, I think of the journey that the, the person has to go to to get to a buying outcome. And there were a lot of salespeople, this is where qualification can go completely wrong, is if if you're just qualifying at a surface level, well, you haven't had a chance to create a buyer profile. You haven't had a chance to maybe potentially take someone that doesn't seem like a, a potential buyer and turn them into a buyer. Because you really, you know, th- there's only so much you can do from a qualification standpoint. Now, of course, if you're getting, yet from, from a time efficiency standpoint, you have to have certain measures to know who you should talk to but then you should also have that next process. When you do get them on that phone call, you need to, to take the time to identify, is this person that is a buyer, buying profile or is this someone that I can create into a buying profile potentially, even if that means it's three to six months down the line? And obviously, Chris, we know how important that is to ensure that you always have that pipeline that's even the future, the future pipeline to where you're creating buyers, not just hoping that the person is a buyer or has the immediate buying profile. Mm-hmm. And so my buying process comes with, so when, when I'm looking at what journey am I taking this person on, this is where diagnostic questions really come in. And you hit the nail right on the head because could you imagine walking into a doctor's office and the, you walk in and say, my head hurts. Okay, well, you know, here's, here's a shot for you to take to make your head feel better, right? Because all you said was my head hurts and they didn't ask anything follow up to that. So my, I have to, my, the first part of my buying process has to come with me establishing credibility and authority with that person so that when I do make logical recommendations and I make and I link certain things together, then that person is actually going to want to take action on it because they view me as a credible source and I'm an authority in that relationship, same way the doctor is when you're the patient. 
And so that's what, and in, in, you know, the, a very long winded answer, my buying process comes to, I need to keep building authority and credibility throughout asking diagnostic questions and getting to the root cause and then starting to, to give solutions around that, you know, and then obviously my follow-up process after that to ensure that everything is going according to plan. But have you ever heard a doctor talk about the prescription? No, they're talking about the problem. They're talking about the problem. And there's a lot of different types of prescriptions that could lead them to the outcome of not being in pain or not being sick, correct? Exactly. So think about this big picture if you're a younger salesperson. Aligning that outcome with the questioning and the right questioning can be extremely effective if you know the ins and outs of the type of buyer you're looking for. I mean, a lot of sellers do too much talking and presenting less. Then when they do ask the buyer questions, it's always the same old, what keeps you up at night? What are you really looking for? Cliches, bullshit type of questioning. So what are some open-ended questions or diagnostic questions that would actually help the listeners get to the core and root of the problem rather than getting to the surface level? It, it, all, it all starts with, well, it starts with the surface level, right? Because you have to ease someone into it. Right. Um, into into some of that deeper level, and so so I may ask a question, for example, of, you know, John, why is it so important for you to start this now, or John, what is it that you're truly looking for, or why are you here? And that just starts the conversation. That starts the 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 that we're going down on this topic or this path. Okay, so now John tells me, um, you know, Wes, the reason why I'm here is because I need to make a better life for myself and for mm-hmm. my family. Okay, now I can dig in deeper. So. John, when did you decide that this was such a priority to you? Or John, what what what's going on right now that's that you feel like isn't enough to get you to where you want to go? Right? And there's so many questions that can go around it, but I'm staying on topic. I'm going narrow. Mm-hmm. And so it's always what, where, when, why, and how. And and what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get to that next level. Always trying to get to that next level. So if again, if if you, if Chris, you tell me, you know, Wes, and let's just say, I don't know if we can if we want to put in a certain scenario around this. Um, you know, if you're a car salesman, right, and you're trying to sell me a car, or I'm here to buy a car. So Chris, why, you know, why are you looking to buy a car right now, right? That's the first level question. Okay, great. You know, what, why is this so important for you now versus before? Oh, well, you know, my car is giving out, and I travel 30 miles to work every single day. Okay, so what happens, you know, if right now, if, if you don't buy this car, what happens if potentially this does give out, this car does give out on you, as you're driving to work, do you have anything, do you have a, a, another strategy to where you can get to work or do you have a safe plan or a, you know, a foolproof plan of how you're going to be able to do that? What happens if you are late to work? Right. So what's, what's the ramifications there? Okay. So you need something reliable clearly. So then obviously we can talk about that. So you need something reliable. Let's go a little bit further on that. What does real re- reliability mean to you? Right. And I'm just going to keep on, and I'm, I've been talking about the same topic now for over four questions but I'm going to keep going in and going in because I'm trying to get to the root of what's going to make this person want to purchase. And that's the true need behind what it is that they're looking to buy. You know, what, what's the real, you know, what's the real objective there? What's the true motivation behind this purchase? That goes with the effect of listening and deep listening. You, what you're doing is you're asking questions, trying to get them to go a little deeper, asking the what, when, why question when they go to respond. You're trying to get in a you know, bite on something. Then you can go into What's your budget? What can you afford? What will actually work out for you and your family? You know, the irrespective, if you only have one product or one service to sell, you got to do exactly what Wes is doing and diagnose the situation. I don't know the situation. 
I don't even know if you would be a good fit for this car, but only then you should prescribe or offer that solution. You can achieve this by asking quality questions to unearth the needs, the wants, and the desires of your prospects and clients. Asking too many questions or too few questions, and your prospect will view you as just trying to get them to buy whatever you're selling. Especially if you go to a car lot, that's different. I mean, you got your goes, you don't go there just to look at the cars. No one does. But they're always going to say to you, Wes, I'm just looking, aren't they? Right. Exactly. Because they don't trust you, right? They, exactly. Because you have a certain persona, right? Especially like, you know, I feel bad for car salespeople. But the thing is, I feel bad for them, but I don't because they're, they're, there's so much opportunity in being criticized a certain way because now you can give them an experience that's different than they've ever had before or what they think that they will have. Mm-hmm. And it's a and that's is where and it's the same thing for any industry that we're in, right? Especially when somebody does a, a shitty job for you in the past. That's like the most beautiful for beautiful thing to me because now I can show you a different way and you're going to trust me even more. But you have to it starts with the surface level because you need to start to understand. So one of my first my first first questions that I ask every person that I'm on a call with with what I do is uh, Mr. Prospect or Mrs. Prospect, why are you here? What What's made you decide that this is the time for you to start looking into this? Why is this such a problem for you? There's nothing wrong with me asking that question in the beginning. I don't have to find a slick way to ask that question. You don't. Why, what, what is made, you know, why are you here right now? And what is it that you're looking for? How can I help? Yeah. And that's a mentality. You have to be attached to that mentality. You can't be attached to the outcome only, right? You have to be attached to the mentality of I'm here to serve. And your questions will naturally will flow from that standpoint instead of flowing from your agenda that you have. I hope that makes sense. It does make sense. How to get somebody trust you, they have to understand that you're trying to help them. That's the first objective. But then you'll go, can you please give me some background on whatever it is? Why are you seeking this type of car with that type of budget? Why aren't you looking for something like this? They're looking for an expert. That's what they're looking for. And let's talk about that for a second. And you do this effortlessly. Why is it so important for them to start viewing you as an expert with that positioning rather than you telling them you are the expert? Let's, let's take it back to the doctor example, right? If, you know, so if, if, if you went into a doctor's office and you felt like that person had any hesitation on what's actually going to help you, are you going to feel good about the recommendation? Right. If but if you go in there and you're like, this person obviously knows what they're doing. They've been, you know, they've been here for 15 years. And my my cousin Sally came here and he cured the pimple that she had. And I don't know, I'm making something up. But, you know, that you, you there's a lot more credibility there. And so but what's important, just like what you said, Chris, is you can't tell them what your credibility is. You have to show them and they have to feel it. Right. Credibility. Credibility is felt. It is more than it is than even is logical, right? And so I can have no idea what I'm talking about, and I could have zero experience in a very specific topic, but I can come off as credible because one of my confidence as I come in and my questions that I ask. Because here's the thing: if I ask you a question that you've never been asked before, if I ask you a question that hits you like straight in the gut, then you know I know what I'm talking about, or else I wouldn't know to ask that very specific question that made you feel that way. And so my questions are going to have more impact than me, you know, boasting about what I'm good at and what I've done. Don't get me wrong. You can include those things, but you can, but you include those things in a very, very, I want to say a slick way. And what I mean by that is if you tell me something 
I'll relate back to you if I understand what you're saying, or I'll relate back to you through a story of potentially somebody that I've worked with in the past that relates to you. And I can talk about some of the things that we worked on together and, and maybe some of my findings. And I don't even have to talk about a solution. You know, so if I'm like, hey, Chris, you know, I understand that you're having some trouble right now with X, Y, and Z. I've actually worked with someone with a very, very similar, similar parallel to what you have going on. Let me ask you something. As I was working with them, we noticed that they were having X, Y, Z issue as well. Did you have that? Are you experiencing something different, uh, very similar? And I'm building my credibility because now I'm relating the two and they're like, oh, wow, that actually makes a lot of sense. You know, this, this is exactly what's going on with me. You know, and then and then I'm going to ask a question after that. So when we started to look into it, we were finding these things that were happening in the midst of X, Y, and Z. Are you? Is that also happening for you? Yes. And this person is now getting excited. Why? Because they're like, oh wow, this person. And I haven't told them what the solution is yet, right? I haven't told them that there is a solution, but they're starting to assume that there is a solution because of my connection with this person and the parallels behind what they're feeling and seeing it, you know, themselves. And now I'm looking as a, like I'm a credibility, but I haven't talked about my 20 years in the field that, that you know, we're working in. You don't need to. I, I don't either. They don't need to know about me. And they're not here to talk about me. How I'm going to separate myself from every other salesperson that they maybe potentially have met in their past is that I'm not even going to talk about myself, but I'm going to let my value speak for itself. Because questions are powerful tools for effective communication. And you have an uncanny ability, Wes, of being able to tie in emotion to all of your questioning. A lot of salespeople don't do that because they don't have the emotional intelligence and the confidence to be able to understand, what do I do with them now? Right. Once you kind of open up that can of worms, you got to deal with it now. You got to deal with it. Right. The questioning techniques you select can be critical to achieving your desired outcome. And you mentioned it, getting that desired outcome from the right questioning. But your choice should be, depend on the situation, whether you're exchanging information, seeking the solution to the problem, interviewing or counseling. But before you speak about questions and start asking a bunch of them, you need to take a step back and go, what does this person really need from me right now? I believe I need to be able to do this first to understand the difference between a problem and a decision. And are they the type of person will make that decision and what information do they need to make a right decision? To become more adept in it, at solving problems, you need to master both analytical and creative problem-solving techniques. You're not there to solve their problem completely. I just need to be able to lead them to make their own decision without jamming a product or service down their damn throat. So asking relevant questions, for instance, there are times you need to ask objective questions. These are to ask for specific information. What evidence do you have for that conclusion? Whatever their decision was, right? Like, what are the factors that are necessary to raise your knowledge? I mean, have you ever thought about X, Y, Z? Then you can go into the problem-solving questions. Do you, what do you think, Mr. or Mrs. Prospect, you should do next based on the information I just shared with you? Yeah. They're going to tell you exactly what you need to do. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, that's so on point. I mean, I'll give you a perfect example, too. Is I had a client the other day that I was having a conversation with. And this, you know, this person is, um, you know, working on a business. And this is the type of call that we were having is for more of, um, you know, how to help them with their business. And the the person, the first thing they laid out on the table was all of their objections, all their objections based off of the things that failed in the past. Beautiful. All their, yeah. And, and all the, you know, they, they just started, they're saying, I don't want to invest more than X amount of dollars. 
and you know all of this right this this is their conversation as i only want to invest this much money you know and i don't want this i want this i don't want that and i'm like okay this is great now if i was an amateur salesperson what i would have done is i would have attacked right onto what there was what they were talking about so you tell me you can only invest a certain amount of money well if i was an amateur what i would do is i would come back and say uh, well, you know, that doesn't really work. You're going to need more than that, right? So I'm coming back. And, and let me let me tell you why you're going to need more than that. And that's a horrible way of going about it. And so what I do instead is I just remove that. I stop talking about the entire subject. And what I say is, let's go ahead and work through, you know, everything that we need to get done today based off of my agenda. And we'll figure out exactly what's going to be the best for you moving forward. And I didn't, I didn't even acknowledge the $10,000 that they said they wanted to invest or whatever, you know, whatever it is. And as I'm going through my sales process, through my questions, what, I'm, what I started to do was break down the different layers of their business and the investments that they're currently putting in or the, and the investments that it's going to take in order to make it happen. So again, I, I forgot about the, the amount that they already told me and I started to break it down, but I started to break it down in a way that made logical sense to them on why it's important. Mm-hmm. And the ramifications of if it's not done in that specific way, what it's going to hurt them in the future, right? Based off of what they're looking to do in their ideal outcome. And with that being said, I started to shift their mind from looking at the dollar amount as the solution or the, the end all be all to the process. And they started to fall in love with the process. And when you start falling in love with the process, you stop worrying about what it takes, how much it takes, what it needs, and all of that. You just start saying, "This is I need to do whatever it's going to take to get to that outcome, and this process is going to get me there. And now I can start shifting the way you view money as just a tool in order to help you get there. So it doesn't matter what the amount is. We'll take whatever amount we possibly need to to get to that outcome because the outcome is what's important because without it, you're going to be in a much worse position. And that's that's where it gets really powerful. But most people will just attack that head on and not take the time to actually walk through the client through a value process as well as, you know, systematically get them to change their mind versus just trying to get them to change. You'll never get me to change my mind by telling me I'm wrong. Like you're just, you're just going to piss me off. And so I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I'm going to show you you're wrong. I hope that makes sense. Complete sense because a lot of people try to go and solve the problem right then. You said one key word and I hope the listeners really caught on. You said let's. That's a powerful word. Because they don't want to be sold to with a solution. They want to know that they're going to have someone like yourself help them make the right decision and uncover exactly what they're really looking for. This is where a lot of salespeople, inexperienced salespeople, once they hear the problem and they think it's the problem by asking problem-solving questions, they don't ask enough behind those. What I, once I kind of understand exactly, okay, how... Can I give them the proper steps to make the right decision moving forward? Then I'll ask them again. So how would you implement the steps we just discussed to be able to get to the desired outcome you're looking for? Then I stop. That's a, another huge opportunity because that's where you need to know that that product or service or whatever you're selling is going to be the right fit for them. The simplest set of questions comes from very basic, stupid questions, but it's going to lead you to the outcome. It's like, why is this necessary? But you got to ask yourself this question. As a seller, pay attention. Ask yourself this question. Why is it necessary for them to buy your product or service? Where should I bring up the potential solution or present it to the buyer? When should it be? Like, who's the type of buyer you're looking for? What should be done? 
exactly how should you go about asking the right questions to get them to see it's imperative for them to take action now, not later? And how should you align your questioning within that sales process? I hope this gives the buyer actually understanding what your salespeople are not doing. And then it also helps a seller understand what the buyer is really looking for. Help me work that out with them. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one, you know, one key thing you said there as well is, you, you know, you're talking about them, right? So the, the solution is about them. It's not about you. It's not about your outcome. But here's the beautiful part. The person will be truly attached to the solution if they feel like they were a part of it. And if they right. feel like, especially if they feel like they're the ones that even came up with it. And so, again, but that goes back to how do you present yourself? How do you frame that entire conversation? Because if you're if you're like, hey, I'm here to give you all the solutions that you're going to need, great. Then that that's the role that you're going to have to play. But so we can look at it from this lens. If you're an attorney, for example, and you're and that person's having legal issues, and I think attorneys have the if they can't close every lead that they talk to, I think there's a problem. But as long as they're qualified, all other things considered. But if that person look, if 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 you got to take a top down approach because that person really is completely. One is completely ignorant, doesn't know anything about what it is, the solution that's needed. And two, there's no really way for them to help. Then, okay, maybe that now you're the authority and you just have to tell them what to do. And you know what? They're happy with that because the whole thing overwhelms them. And maybe that's the route that you have to take. But also that's an opportunity for people who don't have that type of an authority and people don't need you the way maybe somebody needs an attorney. But you can still create the same type of an effect to where that person is viewing you as the authority and it's going to tell them what to do. But this depends on the buyer because you talked about that, Chris, as well. It depends on the buyer you're working with. If I have a driver, then I know me trying to t- you know, be the authority and take over that person and take complete control, or at least uh, you know, they f- they're feeling like I have complete control, isn't really going to work because they're more so want- you know, wanting that solution. And a lot of times they-, they want more involvement in that solution, just depending, especially in-, in the field that I'm in. But say, for example... I have someone else who doesn't want to deal with all of the the things that are required inside of that process. Well, potentially I can implement what I call a little bit of controlled overwhelm to get them to a point where they understand that, hey, I am not prepared to make these decisions alone and I need Wes in order for me to be able to, to make the correct decisions. And now they're relying on you in the same way you rely on a doctor, the same way you rely on an attorney. They're relying on you because now you're the you're the person that's going to help them solve that problem and they're viewing you that way. But then if you don't want to take on that type of a responsibility or you, you don't want your role to be that way, then you have to involve them also so much to where they're making their own decisions and then buying whatever it is that you're selling based off of the solution that they felt like they came up with. And this works regardless. But again, the approach is different depending on what the outcome you're looking for with that client. You said so much there and I want to sprinkle some things on top of it so that way everybody understands. There's different ways of asking better sales questions, but you need to, just like what Wes is talking about, ask enough closed and open-ended questions to get to a potential issue or something that they need to identify. But a lot of inexperienced salespeople do, Wes, is sometimes sales reps end up asking probing questions all at the same time. They don't ask them one at a time. Yeah. Their usual justification is that the questions are somewhat related to one another. That's not true. However, this can be extremely frustrating for your buyer. They wouldn't know which questions you want them to answer 
Just make sure you ask a related question with the close range to one another. And that way the conversation is cohesive. So you don't having that information overload. You got to adapt your questions to the conversation, not the other way around. Why is that important? Because here's the thing is you're going to either overwhelm this person in a negative way, negative way, you're going to frustrate them, or they're going to just start viewing you as someone they really don't want to talk to, right? They're just purely, they're not going to like you. Here's the best thing you can do. And, and one thing I would encourage everybody is keep the topic towards whatever it is that interests that person or whatever it is that, that spikes maybe their emotions in, the, in relatively to where you want the outcome to be, because it helps them be bought in more. And, and, so, and then also, if you're coming in right away and you're asking a bunch of questions that potentially might insult somebody, like if I just come right onto that call and I haven't even set up that call and I'm just like, hey, how much money you got? Like, well, what's that? the person's going to either hang up the phone or they're going to tell me some words that I don't really you know, care to hear. And so it, it's important that you understand this is where we talked about emotional intelligence before. You got to understand, one, where you are with the buyer, how you're making them feel, and is what you're talking about rele- relevant to the overall outcome that they're looking for. So you can ask the same exact questions, but frame them and pre-frame them towards the the outcome that that person's looking for. So Chris, I know that based off of what you told me is that you're looking for X, Y, and Z. So let me ask you this, and then I'm going to go into the question because now it's still relevant towards that outcome because I just made sure to mention it in there and I'm going to keep digging in that way Versus just asking a bunch of questions that feel random. I know that I felt that way before with people. Like they'll ask me a bunch of questions and I'll just like, why is this person asking me all these different questions? And then I start to think about why they're asking me questions. You never want someone to think about why you're asking me questions. Make the intention known of why you're asking that question in the beginning of the call and sprinkle it throughout the call by pre-framing the reasoning behind why it's important that you, you, you have this information. Right. That's the clarity piece. You can't just get on a phone or get face to face with someone and just start asking questions. And you have no idea why you're asking the questions. Tell them why you're asking this question. You know, when you're asking great questions with a prospect or a buyer, Wes, when they don't feel like you're leading them to a sales pitch, right? Don't hyper focus on just making this sale. Connect with your buyer. Since this conversation is also an opportunity for you to find out whether your product or service will fit them and they're going to be the right spot for them to be successful. It's not about them fitting into the company or fitting into the product or service or whatever you're selling. It's all about figuring out how can I help them understand more so they make a better decision. A lot of salespeople do this, Wes, and it drives me nuts. They have a sales script, so they get caught up in the sales script. They don't think outside the box. If your interview's questions should be something that you should use to supplement the conversation, you're going to run yourself into the problem. Or you're going to be a part of the problem. At its very core, it's still a conversation between two people. It needs to be a personal level of understanding. Be in the moment and respond to what's happening in the conversation. I can't stand trying to train a sales team when all they want to do is just get through the questions so quickly that they don't get a full grasp on why that product or service will actually help them. Right. It's like forget about the questions. Like forget about the questions and focus on focus on the person that that's so key. I mean, I wish I wish everybody would even rewind and listen back to that. Connect with your buyer. That's so important. I mean, people always ask me, how do you sell, you know, a, a program for $100,000? How do you sell this for a million dollars or whatever it might be? And literally it's by connecting with the person at a level, they feel like no one else understands them but you. Because because they're they're like talking to themselves. Like when somebody tells me 
man, Wes, I feel like we, we have so much in common. Or Wes, I feel like like you understand exactly what I'm what I'm saying. Or Wes, you've given me so much clarity. I'm like, I've done my job. Then at that point, I can sell you whatever I want. Literally, I could I can go and get a, a rock from the moon and sell it to you for a million dollars if I want to, and you'll buy it. Why? Because I, I'm you. You feel like I've connected with you at a core level. You feel like we've gained a lot of trust in that process. You feel like I understand you and I've given you a lot of clarity. Now my recommendation makes sense. Why? Because if I didn't connect with you at that level and I didn't understand you to that core level, and I've given you so much clarity. I wouldn't be giving you the recommendation that I'm giving you. And, but you know that I know you at that level and I understand you and I've given you all that clarity. So whatever my recommendation is, you're not going to try to justify the recommendation. The justification is already there because I'm giving it to you. And because I'm giving it to you, you know it makes sense for you. So that's how you got to look at it is you can ask all the questions in the world. But again, if you still have that, you know, I'm on one side of the table and you're on the other side of the table and I'm just asking you questions to get to an outcome, if your buyer feels that way, you haven't done a good job. But if now if the buyer feels like you came around that table and sat next to them and you guys started to, to really connect and figure out exactly what that person needs, now the person trusts you because they're like, this person's here to help me, not to help themselves. Don't sell the outcome. Sell the steps, what they need to do to achieve that outcome. When you sell it that way, they're going to understand more about your recommendation rather than the outcome itself or the product or service. Someone asked me in an interview recently, what advice would I give a younger salesperson is not falling in love with the outcome or product or service or whatever solution they're trying to sell. Because everything in life involves, every second that goes by, especially right now during this pandemic, everything's changing. If you're not used to talking to your buyers without sales scripts or jamming product down their throat, what happens when you remove all the things that you know about your like product knowledge, what happens when you remove all that? Are you still going to ask good questions? Probably not. The most effective way to ask questions in your conversations is giving a shit about what they're talking about, whatever their answer is, care. To make a conversation more engaging, you need to have a genuine curiosity about your client. Be curious about anything they're involved in. Ask questions about their opinion on something that's unrelated to your sales pitch. I mean, we both share our similar views on this. I don't try to pitch a client. People ask me that for years. Chris, what's your best sales pitch that I don't pitch? Right. That's my best sales pitch. I don't pitch. That way you can get a better understanding on who you're talking to. That's all I want to do is I want to develop more of a relationship with my prospective buyer. I don't want them to come back to me and go, Chris, you sold me this and I didn't get to the solution. If I didn't go over the steps I needed to take, then that's going to be my issue. That's where your moral obligation, you mentioned getting a, a rock and trying to sell them that came from the moon for a million dollars. Your moral obligation is not going to allow you to do that because you got a conscience, Wes. Right. This is where the ethical part of selling comes in. Avoid following up with your sales question with your own answer. That's another huge piece. I mean, of course, you want to brand your product or service as a solution to their problems. However, that doesn't mean you have to solve their problems with the answers on right that moment. Yeah. Just because it's the time for that buying call. When asking questions, don't be impatient. Let them think about their answers. How many times have you seen that happen with one of your salespeople? It's, <laughs> I laugh because it's like, they'll ask the question. And then they won't even give the, t the person time to even speak back. And, and the person will answer. 
and give a, a, a surface level answer. And then they'll just respond or bite on that surface level answer. And that drives me nuts. Here's what I always tell people. Pretend like your product or service doesn't exist. And then pretend like that you can customize the solution around the problem. And whatever their problem is, whatever they're facing, whatever they need, pretend like that you can customize the solution. That's actually what I did with my marketing company. I took out any kind of package and I said, we will only do custom tailored solutions for a person because I don't want you to focus on that on your sales calls. And the reason why that's important is because you can get to the root of what that person's looking for. And hey, the person might give you 10 problems, major problems that they have, or their problem is way beyond what your product or service can actually solve. But what if what if your product and service can solve step one of their 10-step problem, and now you can also give them a, a blueprint or give them something that will tell them, these are your steps to solving this problem. And what you need to start doing today, and this is where your product comes in, is step one. And now it's going to trigger the path that they're going to go on to solve that problem. Your your solution or your product doesn't always need to be the full solution. It could be just a part of it. But if you can give them clarity on the entire thing and what they need to do, now your product makes a lot more sense and you can fit it into the overall solution that they're going to need. A lot of people don't talk about it enough, Wes. They talk about, okay, here's your technique, here's your skill, go do it, go sell. But a lot of people aren't talking about dropping little hints for them to figure it out with their own mind. Even if you think what you're offering can help them figure out a response, it's best to let the question hang in the air. You ever ask a question and you just let it hit, sit there for a couple seconds? Yeah. A lot of inexperienced salespeople aren't able to do that effectively because they don't like awkward silences on a phone call. It's a conversation. So let it flow. Let the pauses be part of your whole conversation instead of being having it being something you want to fill. A lot of times I don't really like to talk a lot, Wes. I try to ask the right questions to get to the core and root of the problem to make sure they understand that there's the emotional side effect from their inaction or action. The value of asking questions, sometimes all you need to do is ask one question and the buyer will share all the information you need. How many times have you seen me do that, Wes? Ask one question and it opens up everything I need to know. I've seen it happen a lot because of the, again, the quality of that question. Well, here's what I've noticed too is you'll ask a question and it hits to that like root pain of that person in such a way that they have no choice, but they talk about it. And then they open up like crazy because what people want to talk about themselves, we know this, the more that you can get them talking about themselves, the better. But when you hit them in such a way to where they're like, that you hit that root cause of their pain with a question. I mean, especially, I mean, I've seen people tear up on the, on, you know, the call with you and it's because now they're like, okay, you know what? I, I got to stop holding the barriers. They let go. They drop that wall and they say, I, I need the solution. I need to hear this person out. You know, this person, I think this person can help me. And then they just start divulging everything. Ask questions for a breakthrough. Having a breakthrough type of opportunity with your buyers is one of the most important experiences for a salesperson to have with one of their buyers that's going to connect you in a deeper type of level. And only way for me to ask that right question to get to the core and root of the problem and hit so hard, Wes, I got to be able to create the environment for them to feel safe. They understand that I'm going to be there for them until they're going to be able to deal with it because I have the expertise or the knowledge to be able to lead them to the outcome they're looking for and why we need to uncover this now. Get them to view it in a bigger picture and seeing it from a different perspective. 
So don't limit yourself to one type of question. Conducting an interview with a prospect or your buyer should help you understand the whole story and for them to see it in their own way and start viewing it the way that you're looking at it. So I'll ask questions like this. You mentioned that you want to get to XYZ, but from what I'm seeing and observing with you, that's going to be impossible. Why do you think I feel that way? Like, they're going to tell me more. Yeah, absolutely. And you're getting a buy-in. You know, and and I think that's maybe a good place also for you to, to talk about, Chris, because I know that, like I see you do this a lot, is asking those questions that you already know the answers to, right? Or asking those those leading questions to where they're talking about the way that you feel or why you feel a certain way. I would love for you to expand on that a little bit because I think it's important for people to understand how the the true you know the true effect and the power behind that. There's two parts of it. There's a leading question, but I like to be a little bit more pinpoint with my approach. So it's a funnel question. So my funneling questions are going to lead me to get them to realize it on their own indirectly, rather me asking a broad question or that I'll get whatever type of answer. So the rhetorical type of question will be, do you see now that has affected you for this long? And they'll go yes or no. Then I'll uncover it again. If they say no, I'm going to ask another leading question or a funnel question to get them to really feel it. I want to get emotion out of the call. I want them to feel what it feels like to lose something or pain or feel what they can actually experience if they follow my lead of the pleasure. I hope that gives a little bit more clarity because a lot of people aren't going to ask those types of questions because they don't really give a shit about that connection anymore. I'll spend more of my time asking those types of questioning to uncover why they need to listen to what I'm talking about. Because I've been there before. That's the empathy side. I understand what you're going through. I had a client going through that type of situation before, and here's what I did with them. Would you like to hear why? I never try to talk about myself on the call because I've been in sales so long, Wes, I can just pick out a person in my own head of what they went through in the past. That's where a lot of inexperienced salespeople do, Wes, is they go, I know what you're going through. I've been through that before. You just took it away from them. Right. Even if it's even if you have been through that situation, talk about a client that you've helped. Don't talk about yourself. They don't give a shit. Right. Like I hope that gives you more of a a bird's eye view on that type of approach. Well, no, and, and I think that's that's absolutely perfect because even if you have gone through it, I mean that's that's the most beautiful thing. If you've gone through something that you can relate with to the client, the the best and and I'll give this is if you follow this advice, I will tell you you will you will kill it on your next call. If if you literally, instead of talking about yourself, you ask questions around the way that they feel and the pain and what they're going through, they're, they will connect that you know them on a personal level, not because of anything you said that was related to you, but because of the questions that you ask. That's where questions come. Questions come in from the clarity that you have around the subject matter, around what's happening inside of that phone call or that sales call in general. And I was I was terrible when I first started in sales. I just, I mean I just asked random questions. I I would talk about myself. I would do all those things and but you're absolutely right. Nobody cares about that. But what they care about is how they feel. And so if I keep on digging into that, and the other side of it comes that connection that will bond us to a point to where you're going to start viewing me as an authority and you're going to feel like I have a lot more clarity or you have a lot more clarity because of the fact that we've just broken it down together. And 
and you and I, Chris, we go back sometimes, you know, we'll go back and forth sometimes as we're talking about different things. And I'll find myself having clarity on certain things just because of the questions that we're going back and forth on right. and the topic that we had. And if you can connect someone at that deeper level, you will get, they will get a lot more breakthroughs because especially if, if you can relate to a specific pain and you know what it takes to get out of that pain, but you don't give it to them, you lead them there through your questions. Oh man, you just, you've done something incredible at that point. Here's a piece to remember. And I want, and what you said was beautiful. Here's something to really remember and be confident enough to ask the question. If you're struggling to find the right question to get to the core, ask them this way. Mr. or Mrs. Prospect, normally at this time, I would be able to have more information and that you share with me to be able to lead you to the outcome that we're both looking for. But I'm really struggling right now figuring out what question to ask you. If you were me just for a moment, what question would you ask yourself to really expose what's really preventing you? What was that? And that was, first of all, that was beautiful. But yeah, you turned it right back on them and you made them tell you where to go from here. That's a temp check because we all know that I know the right question to ask, but I want to see if it's going to hit to the core and then I can structure my next question to make sure it's going to hit in one of those areas. And then I'm going to make sure, remember I gave that example about that movie, a Robert Williams movie with Cuba Gooding Jr. We're going to go through something awful right now. It's going to be extremely difficult, but I want you to know that I'm going to be here for you until you're going to be able to deal with it on your, you know, by yourself. So that way it's not going to hurt you. Can we talk about that now? That's the approach that you need to have with every single one of your buyers. Does that take a lot of time and trust? Absolutely. But you spending more time of getting to the core and the root and the problem with your prospective buyers is going to transform your results into something you probably can never thought you would ever imagine. So here's the question that that I'm pretty sure all the listeners are going to want to ask. How can they accomplish that, Wes, and do it effortlessly? Well, I hate to be very simple, but it comes with practice. It comes with practice. I mean, you have to, and it, ha- and it happens over time. Like we weren't born with this. You know, we didn't know. I mean, sometimes sometimes it's natural and you know what questions to ask. But in, early in my sales career, I didn't know. And so one, it's the recognition of knowing that this is something that you have to do and something that you're not very good at potentially. And start to practice, start to visualize and start start to pre-plan with every call. Plan out. No, don't plan out what you're going to say, plan out exactly what you're going to try to find from find out from that person to get to a deeper level. That's what you want to focus on. And if you do this consistently over time, because of the conscious effort, it will become effortless. But knowing what kind of questions you need to ask will help you better understand your buyer, their needs, and the missing pieces that potentially held them back. If you're able to be armed with that type of knowledge, you'll be able to serve your clients like you've never served them before. And they're going to keep coming back to you and purchasing multiple things or bringing people that they trust and love to you to help them solve their problems. I make more money, Wes, from people coming back to me years later with the right type of opportunities. They know that I'm going to be able to handle that type of opportunity with businesses or corporations now. Because it's a level of trust there, right? Exactly. 
But that level of trust there is that they're not trusting that I can handle the problem. They're trusting for me to be able to break through for whatever person, company, or corporation for them to see my value. And I don't need to tell them myself. I can't stress why that's so important, especially even when, you know, these types of podcasts, you probably listen to a lot of them if you're listening to this one all the way to the end. But when you're listening to a podcast or you're listening for some type of knowledge or going on YouTube, I'm not really looking for something new. I'm just looking for something for me to be able to enhance what I'm currently working on. I hope that gets more clarity. It does. It does. Ultimately, it's how can you get better each and every day and and focusing your effort on trying to get better. And I, I would like to just add one last thing, and that's that remember that people people remember how you made them feel. Yep. And that's I learned that early on in my career, especially as a financial advisor, was most financial advisors have no idea what the hell they're talking about. They don't know the products they're selling. They don't know any of that. But if the person felt like they, was, they had peace of mind and they felt positive about the route that you're going to take to, for them, they have felt a lot more clarity. They felt like they, you know, they can finally sleep at night. They bought from you because that's what they were looking for. They weren't looking for the stock bond or mutual fund that you were trying to you know, pour down their throat at that point. I mean, I'm glad that you said that. A lot of people will skip over that piece because it's the emotion, emotional side of it. It's really going to be the glue that sticks everything together. I mean, the best, I believe, is a combination of a systematic and creative approach to problem solving and decision making. Like understanding different models of thinking will enable you to look different at every situation or apply the right question to the right problem. Someone close to me once said, solutions often lie in the question not asked. So let that stick for a second. What does that mean, Wes? Ask better questions. Yep. <laughs> Ask better questions. Think about that overall. The real solution to the problem is where you overlook that connection piece because you're not trying to be emotionally attached to a sale. I'm not emotionally attached to anything, Wes, but I am emotionally attached to me becoming 1% better every day. And if I let an opportunity pass and I'm just short for time or I'm not doing something, I'm not completely 100% involved in that conversation or present, I'm failing my buyer. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And if, if you're a salesperson who potentially isn't making the money that you want to make or you know potentially your income isn't where it needs to be or you're kind of in desperation mode, mm -hmm. you got to check that when it comes to your calls because that has a lot to do with the influence around that phone call and the questions that you ask. I really enjoyed today's podcast episode, Wes, and I hope all the listeners really enjoyed it as well. Any last words before we move on and get off and get to the next episode? Nope. Just remember, conscious effort leads to being able to do something effortlessly and do it really well. So start there. That's all I can tell you. So as always, ask yourself, how can you get a little bit better each day? That 1%. Until the next episode, keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. Let's go with our day. Take care. Thank you for taking your time and listening to today's podcast of The Win-Win Effect. As a thank you for listening and tuning in, Chris is rewarding you with a placement course webinar with his team to point you in the right direction to massive success. 
in success, it's all about living a better quality of life. So at the very least, subscribe to the Win Win Effect podcast so you don't miss the next episode. Feel free to share on your social media or simply tell a friend about it. Also, please rate and review the podcast. To find the free webinar and more information, please visit tcrconsultingagency.com.